We are now live. Raj, thanks for joining, man. I really appreciate it. So for those of you who don't know, Raj is, uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the people that I met who knows about blockchain and he's had some projects with, within that field. So it's very good to, you know, uh, have him here to talk about some of the basics thanks and for, uh, some of his knowledge. Thanks for having me, Reza. Yeah, of course. Thank you for, uh, thank you for joining, Raj. So, uh, Raj, what uh, what's up, man? How how's everything? Things are uh, yeah, things are fine. The uh, month is going well, and I'm looking forward to the holidays. And uh, yeah, how about That's you? Nice, man. Same. Yeah, yeah. Same. I'm actually off, so you know, enjoying okay. some time off. Uh, it's been a long year, so definitely. Need yeah, that. it's it's been a pretty long year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's yeah. been a long and a very weird year, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's been, uh, I've been asking myself a lot of questions about this year and most of them are unanswer unanswered, but yeah, yeah here we are. <laughs> yeah, ne next year is going to be better. Absolutely. Anything's better than this year. <laughs> 100%. So, so Raj, uh, you know, for, for those who don't know, uh, mm -hmm. who, who is Raj? What is your story? Okay. Um, so I'm going to... Um, what is my story? Okay, so I am uh, I'm a lawyer licensed in India, and I I started my I started my you know association with blockchain technology. If that's what you wanna if that's what you want me to start with, so I started my association back when I was uh, working as a technology lawyer in Bangalore, India. Mm -hmm. And I was sort of uh, dealing with, I, I did not deal directly with a legal issue involving blockchain, but I came across it on various occasions and just tried to understand what it's all about. Um, but before that, you know, I'll, I should probably mention that I, um, I have a bachelor's in um, arts, uh, specializing in economics and political sciences. And then I did a Bachelor of Laws from um, KIIT University, India. And uh, yeah, so I was, I was working as a tech lawyer in Bangalore for a few years. And, and that's when I first heard about this technology. And um, then I decided to do a master's degree in law as well. And that's when I came to um, Osgoode Hall Law School. Uh, here in Toronto mm -hmm. and I I got in touch with more people who have heard or who talk about this technology about blockchain and I decided to really get into deep research into it so I mostly spoke to my professors and I had a couple of research papers not a couple I think exactly four research papers that I had to write during my master's and I decided to dedicate three of them on different angles of the law and its application and the application of blockchain in those practice areas. So that's how I came to know about this technology and that's also a bit of my background as well. Interesting, so you first started uh, with economics and political science, then you went on to study 
uh, law, right? And right. Mo- Th- more that was actually a combined degree. So when I went into law school, I it was already preordained that I would do a combined uh, bachelor's in law and economics, sort of. I yeah. see. And and when you studied law, you said it was in the context of technology, right? No. So I I studied a general law program. It was mostly you know some of it was specialized in international law. So. There was that angle to it, but I also studied other areas, just like a regular law bachelor's degree. Hmm. I yeah. see. So I do want to ask, you know, all about mm-hmm. the context and the use of blockchain within uh, law and what that would look like in, in the future. But before even getting into that, for, for those who mm-hmm. aren't really sure, because it does look like a seem like a black box to many people. So I wanted to know from yeah. your perspective, you know, what, mm-hmm. what really is blockchain? Okay, so, so I'm going to start with, um, I would start with, a, with an actual definition. But before that, I think I should give a more of a, let's say a simpler uh, definition before the official one. Mm-hmm. Um, so so uh, blockchain is, it, it's a network. I would define it, I would personally define it as a network. Um, We all know how the, you know, if we take an example of a a computer network, uh, which is basically a a link between seven or eight computers, let's say. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's got, it's it's interconnected with each other. So it forms or it creates a network. So in the context of blockchain, it's, the, the basic backbone of it is that it's a network. It's a network of nodes in this case, in, in blockchain's case, it's a network of nodes. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna explain what a node is and all of that. But before we go there, before we go there, I'm gonna start with the example of a ledger. So most of us know a ledger as sort of a, a transaction record where we we log in all of our expenses and our earnings and we we do a record of it all the the entire uh, record of all our transactions are maintained on a ledger so you you, you know what uh, what i'm talking about right i have heard of a ledger but right can we expand into that so what exactly uh, is that as well so in a, in, a tradi- in a more traditional perspective, a ledger is basically a notebook where you record all your transactions. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Okay, and you record all the amounts and the dates and the times and the, all the details, let's mm-hmm. say. Okay, so if we, if we were to compare a ledger with something more complicated as blockchain, I would simply call blockchain an online electronic distributed ledger. So I just added three more variables. Electronic, online, and distributed, right? Correct. Correct. When you add those three features, then it becomes um, a blockchain network. Hmm. And, okay. And what's... Okay, oh, please continue. Yeah. So, so I, would, I would say that 
if i were to now you know get into okay i'm going to i'm going to get into my personal definition and then i'm going to get into a more official definition mm-hmm. so um i would de- given everything that i have read about i would define blockchain as a type of distributed ledger technology it's it's a type of distributed ledger technology which i'm going to explain after this there are some of these definitions which are um, sort of these are these uh, these words have to be defined otherwise what, whatever i'm saying would not be completely understood by our our listeners yeah so i i will i will explain what a dlt is but a blockchain is a type of dlt which consider which consists of blocks of information mm-hmm. so when we when we spoke about a ledger what we did was we spoke about a notebook where you record all of your transaction all of your transactions history let's say like you something that you ask from your bank that i want to know about my 6 months transaction history can you give it to me we we do that all the time yeah so think about blockchain as similar to a, an account statement of our transaction history only the only difference is that in the blockchains in blockchains context a transaction history each step of a transaction is a block okay and it's chained to the next block that's why the the term has been defined as a blockchain so when you take a transaction and you record it online and you put each tra- you each step of a transaction is a block mm-hmm. and all the blocks are chained with each other that's why it's called a blockchain i see so it's so it's basically information that is interconnected to to one another uh, in an right. online platform right okay exactly then you add certain features to it to make it more uh, colorful right mm-hmm. so what you do is you uh you have this information this uh, hash code this this hash code which is there in every block and it's reciprocated in the next block and then the one after that and then the one after that so it's all it's all each block is interconnected with the previous block and the last block so each step of a transaction is connected with the previous step and the next step okay so when you keep adding steps in a transaction let's say let's take an example of a of a real estate transaction so you enter into the contract that's one step of a transaction so one step one step gets created then you make the deposit for your new apartment or whatever mm-hmm. so then the next step gets created the the seller acknowledges your your payment the next step is created so every step is a step in a transaction right that makes sense okay so, so what a blockchain does is it creates blocks for each step in a transaction and it's chained to the last step and the next step hmm. so that there's a sort of a flow to it that makes sense that makes sense and do you do you know why this was out of out of what sort of need was blockchain really created is it because 
because people do talk about decentralized systems and obviously taking out third party from various transactions that take place, whether it's through between contracts or financial transactions or what have you. Uh, but is mm-hmm. this the reason why blockchain technology was was created in the first place, or maybe one of the reasons? What it's the the creation of blockchain technology is uh, it's a combination or it's an amalgamation of many different uh, phenomenons that happened together, and then this is what they create. It started a movement, and then. Mm. One of its main applications, that is Bitcoin, that also was uh, a major mo- uh, force behind the whole blockchain movement, uh, which I'm going to get into after this. But I think one of the one of the examples why blockchain came into um, the whole mainstream recognition is that um, during the 2008 financial crisis, a lot of banks were bailed out by the government a lot of companies were bailed out by the government and it was funded by in, in the US. Uh, that's what I'm referencing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of banks were bailed out in the sense they were paid with taxpayers' money to, to get there so that they don't become bankrupt. Yeah. Okay. So that was one of the reasons. And it's the financial crisis is just one example. It happens everywhere. It happens in every country and there are many ways with, with which the, the people of a nation doesn't always have, um, they don't have uh, <clears throat> the entire details or information about how their government is functioning, spending its money, allocating its resources in an economy. Right. 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 So there's a lot of gray, you know, there's always gray areas and experts and analysts would say that, you know, we can't control this, we can't see that, that information is missing, we don't have that data. So there's always, uh, there's a lack of control, let's just say. Okay. So would it, would it make sense to say, you know, one mm-hmm. of the advantages that it brings about is transparency. And if, let's say, major corporations are, Mm-hmm. operating with blockchain technology then mm-hmm. all of their transactions and the inflow and outflow of information would be stored in blocks for everyone else to see and verify as well that's for public blockchains yes so we also have public blockchains and private blockchains so when you have a public blockchain then you can see whatever all the transaction details in that blockchain. Yes, everything that happens on that blockchain is visible to anyone. But in a private blockchain, which also happens, which are also very popular, by the way, um, it's where, let's say, 10 private parties decide to enter into a transaction. So they just enter into it with each other. And it's a private transaction between private parties. So they don't always need to include anyone else in that but then some of the more public stuff which are supposed to be um uh, let's say which are supposed to be completely public information can and will take place on a blockchain network that is public interesting if that answers your question Yeah, yeah yeah that that answers the question so you know taking taking a step back again 
what what uses does does this have because you know at this point not a lot of people actually you know either know about it or are utilizing this this technology and uh, it's said that with the coming years and you know up until 2030 there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more use to it and 10% of the world's gdp is going to be stored as uh, you know uh, let's say cryptocurrencies so really yeah, that's that was a study I was reading an article from uh, Deloitte actually. It was either okay. Deloitte or, or McKinsey that were you know projecting the future of of blockchain, specifically cryptocurrency. So, you know, what what uses do you think this uh, this is going to have from your perspective? I mean, Deloitte and McKenzie, they do roll, uh, have a lot of research and consultation and white papers on uh, emerging technologies. And most of their projections are mostly correct, I would say. So um, that is a pretty um, realistic, almost realistic view of how the technology is progressing. So, I mean, before we get into use cases and ma- major industry applications, let's just you know, quickly see the classification of all of this. Yeah, that's, that's a good I, idea. I, Let's do that. Because I, I'm sure both of us, you know, we haven't gone into the classification of what is what and what comes under what. Yeah, 100%. I mean, whenever I speak with people, even myself up until a few months ago, you know, I, right. I would really uh, confuse these classifications. Okay, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, blockchain. So, you know, right. let's, uh, let's see what the taxonomy looks like. I, I, I taught myself by drawing a flowchart. So, so I, I think it's, it's pretty easy. So, um, so I, I sort of, you know, put a main heading as different type of ledgers. Mm-hmm. And I did a broad classification, which is one type is a distributed ledger technology. And another type is a non-distributed ledger technology. So which are traditional ledgers, non-distributed. But we are going to be talking about the distributed ledger technology. Right. Okay. okay. So a distributed ledger technology is a decentralized database of tra- a transactional, you know, a, a, an electronic form of storage of transactional records. Okay. So it's decentralized in the sense that it's not, it's, it's not backed up on one single server. That's, that's the most, um, that's the most simplified way of way I can um, think about it. Yeah, it's that not backed up. So all of the information is not stored in one server in a specific place. It's distributed. Correct. Okay. It is stored on. So if there are fifty parties on that blockchain, it is equally stored with all fifty parties at fifty different locations. Right. Right. So so every every party in that ecosystem has basically stores all the information in their local server. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. So that's why it's a distributed ledger technology. It's a decentralized network. Mm -hmm. Okay. So one of the many examples of a distributed ledger technology is blockchain. There are many other types of distributed ledger technology. Some of them are older than blockchain. Some of them are more advanced than blockchain. So, so off the top of your mind, would you like right. know another example 
Yeah, 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 of, of course. There's one example, it's called Hedera hash graph. So it's a more, it's, it's, let's just say, let's just call it a more advanced form of blockchain network. Interesting, okay. Which is different than blocks. Okay, it's got other variables and other algorithms which, um, yeah, so it's, it's just more complicated in the sense that it can, you know, it's more, how should I say, higher volume of information can be transmitted and more networks and more systems and more cap higher capabilities and blah, blah, blah. So if it's, so if it's better and it has, it has all of these capabilities, why is it not as popular as blockchain? Because it's not developed properly yet. Okay, okay. Blockchain got a head start in, in the sense that it, it sort of, it's, it's almost been 10 years that it's come out, 10 or 11 years. But all of these other technologies are, all of these other distributed ledger technologies are pretty new. Mm. So it's, it's being developed. There's Hashgraph, there's, um, there's Holochain, there's uh, Ripple, there's DAG, there's one called IOTA. So these are all, these are all competing technologies, but they're not as developed as blockchain. Yet. I see. But okay. In, okay. In, yeah. In one way or the other, where if blockchain is developed properly and uh, adopted main, in a mainstream, then these technologies will also be competing with blockchain and doing its role, playing its role, basically. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And so now let's talk about blockchain. So inside blockchain we have one of the use cases of blockchain is in the form of cryptocurrencies and one of the examples of cryptocurrency is bitcoin mm -hmm. so now do we see the classification yeah yeah that makes sense we yeah. have blockchain and it's you know it it contains different forms of uh, you know technologies within one network of it, yeah yeah it it can it can have a variety of applications Mm -hmm. It can have a variety of forms. It can have a variety of um, effects, impacts, and a culmination of all of these many different variables can result in cryptocurrencies. It can result in smart contracts. These are all use cases of blockchain. That makes sense. Or so, examples. So something like Ethereum is not a cryptocurrency, though. It is a cryptocurrency. Oh, is it? It, okay. it is a cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah, it is a cryptocurrency. And it's an example of a usable blockchain network that has been, mm. um, that has been, you know, made in a way so that it can be uh, used as a very scalable cryptocurrency. It's mm. doing really well, I believe. Yeah, Ethereum is doing really well. So, so within blockchain, we have uh, cryptocurrencies. What other right. sorts of networks are there other than cryptocurrencies? So what, so cryptocurrencies, let's say more, it's one of the, one of the applications or one of the outcomes of having the whole concept of a blockchain network. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's a very major outcome of understanding of the creation of blockchain technology. It's a very major outcome of the creation. Mm -hmm. There are some other outcomes. I would call it an outcome because these are a combination of application and um, sort of other things as well. It's, hmm. how should I say? I mean, these, are, th these can be called an application. 
these can be called uh, an impact these can be called an example so i'm just calling it an outcome awesome. so that it encompasses all of these um attributes right okay. so so another outcome would be the whole concept of smart contracts mm mm-hmm. that's another outcome another outcome would be its uh, its communication transparency its immutability immutability means you can't alter or change any of the transaction history or details that's another outcome interesting yeah so it stays there forever within the network or the chain yeah so the chances of a hostile party trying to attack it and modify it are very low mm-hmm. cuz it's distributed cuz it's distributed so technically they would have to uh, have established their attack on majority of the nodes or computers on that network yeah which means yeah. a physical um, sort of physical attack in the on the facility where the node is located mm-hmm. so the chances are very low because there are still other nodes which are not attacked who can make sure that it, it, the integrity is not impaired right okay from a, makes, from a purely from a cyber security perspective that makes sense so that's one of the other characteristics is immutability right mm-hmm. it's completely at least till the present moment of the technology um it's immutable mm-hmm. it's not been no one can modify it so far at least right. till the present day some things can change tomorrow someone can come out with a new way of probably changing it or something uh, they're sure there are players like that in every field yeah with with time uh, people develop these yeah. skills to hack through different sorts correct. of networks and systems yeah correct nothing is you know uh, nothing is invulnerable but yeah. these yeah. the the founders of this technology and the creators and the inventors found very uh, legitimate ways to counter these attacks so for now it's pretty much immutable okay that makes sense that's what i would say yeah so so we, so we talked about the classifications right and what okay. blockchain consists of now right one of them was cryptocurrencies and then you go within okay. it's going to be you know all the sorts of buzzwords people hear like bitcoin and litecoin and ethereum right. etc so each of these right. have a specific use right each of these are specific brands of cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. and some some of these like for example the the backbone of bitcoin may be slightly different from the backbone of ethereum or some of the other cryptocurrencies like litecoins or dogecoins or mm-hmm. you know the other ones like uh, there are many like of the top of my head i can't remember too many but there are yeah many. there there's a lot of them for sure yeah so they you know they employ slightly different characteristics of this technology and they tweak it in their own unique way so so that they can get maximum efficiency and use out of it hmm interesting so what do you what do you see the like the future of uh, of of this technology and these different sorts of uh, outcomes of of blockchain looking like 
do you think it's going to be something that will be more mainstream and used by like a wide variety of uh, institutions and uh, bodies or will it continue to stay as it is with uh, people still using the basically the, the dollar or <laughs> the traditional currency? Um, so, um, if you if you really want to compare um, cryptocurrency to actual fiat money, which we call currencies today, um, I would say they would just be um, one of the, you know, I don't know if they'll be completely a mainstream player as fiat money, um, but they will likely achieve a very competitive position in the market and they'll play along with whatever other currencies that we have today. If we compare cryptocurrencies to the dollar or to other currencies, um, we can also compare um, stocks um, to tokens or you know coins being exchanged on a on a coin exchange. So we can also compare that as, you know, not just to a money but also treat it as an asset to a certain extent. Interesting. So these tokens that you're talking about, so let's say a platform that you can trade cryptocurrencies on like Coinbase. Over there, when you Correct. buy a Bitcoin, you're mm -hmm. really buying tokens, right? Right, right. And it's, it's giving you the right to whatever spe specified amount of uh, a specific cryptocurrency, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So you, you, have the, you have the right to sell it off or to, um, to you know, gain its proceeds, whatever gains it makes in the next few years, you have the right to those gains. Or you can sell it off and get back real money. So you have these options if you were to uh, trade. Do you, do you think or, the prices of uh, these sorts of coins, let's say, uh, Bitcoin or let's say uh, Ethereum will continue mm -hmm. rising in the future or do you think it's going to plateau? <laughs> I, it's, it, it's so difficult to, you know, really have a concrete answer to these things. I, I was looking at the, I was looking at the price rise and it was, it's absolutely nuts. Yesterday I saw it was like 30,000 Canadian dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's a insane. lot. It's a, that's a, it's, it's on an absolute high right now. That's all I can say. I mean, maybe the pandemic had, had some effects on it, or maybe, you know, people are, yeah, it, I, I believe there could have been some effects, you know? hundred percent. I, I remember back in, uh, I think it was November, December, 2017, it was at an all time high, but then recently, like you said, it, it yeah. beat that record. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, at that point, it went up to 19,000 plus USD. And now um, I think, you know, 30,000 Canadian dollars would be something. Or, I don't know. The, yeah. In, in, in USD the past or year, it's rise by 226%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, that's a lot of appreciation for uh, right. if you what think about you, what it as a stock. attribute that to? Do you, would you, would you know, is it because, uh, the popularity in, in its consumption or use cases is rising or is it just a bubble? Um, I would call it much more than a bubble. It's, it's, 
it could be one of the one of the factors could be that more um, more software engineers are putting their time and energy into this they're developing more applications and they're strengthening the network they're fixing all the bugs and as and when our technology becomes older it becomes more secure and all its problems are mostly fixed to an extent right so if we if we used emails you know starting in the 1995s or something it used to take a minute or two minutes to send an email without any attachments yeah yeah it takes half a second or one microsecond right now to send 5 mb in an email of you know pdf files or whatever mm-hmm. so um as and when a technology progresses the chances are that it will be developed to the t all the bugs are going to be cleared out and things are going to they're going to look at each and every problem eventually those problems will be solved and new problems will arise it's a new challenge <laughs> yeah there's always there's always a new challenge always right so so i mean maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why it's doing so well today or why it's um, that could be a reason why you know all these developers who are yeah. being hired or employed to work on um the, the servers of these cryptocurrency companies that you know they're working hard and they're trying to develop the technology people are investing that's helping them for sure it's all yeah for sure so i got a question you talked about developers i i wanted to know maybe maybe you don't know this but maybe you do so i mm-hmm. wanted to know how uh, how widespread is blockchain development right now because i have this feeling that mm-hmm. there is a short shortage of supply and there's a lot mm-hmm. of demand for these sorts of uh, competencies which uh, which people still haven't caught up to yet so would you would you think that blockchain development is something that is similar to traditional you know development positions and and competencies like learning python or java or etc or is it a whole new body that needs to be learned from from the base up oh good news there very good news there so blockchain the whole backbone and the architecture of blockchain and smart contracts uh, can be pretty much developed over programming languages like solidity javascript php um, all of this python uh, java c i'm pretty sure c++ would maybe maybe not but at least i know for know for sure that these languages if you know these languages you can you can pretty much do your thing and you can maybe create your own blockchain network so you don't need to know a new programming language okay yeah interesting yeah so you don't <laughs> that's the that's a good thing yeah i can imagine because you know as it stands today as well there's there's still a shortage of uh, data scientists data analysts well not data analysts but mostly data scientists and people who understand mm-hmm. let's say machine learning algorithms uh, so mm-hmm. i assume that when it comes to blockchain development we still have a shortage uh, of uh, of skill and talent as well 
I mean, I don't know. Would you say that the tech industry has any shortage of skill and talent? I mean, they keep saying that, but yeah, new people join them that. every year, right? <laughs> they do keep saying that. That's true. Yeah, and it is becoming bigger and bigger every year. I mean, now they're trying to think of a way to regulate Facebook because it's just so big right now. They have so much data. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so you know, as as yeah. they move towards uh, towards the future, they get bigger companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon. Uh, they will either decompose into you know, uh, multiple bodies to kind of have, mm. the, have the system decentralized, just like you were talking about blockchain, or mm. they will continue to grow and become monopolies and just control the world. I mean, they, they are controlling the world right now, but they're getting bigger and bigger. Would you, yeah, I mean, 20 years ago, would you ever believe that a company like Facebook, a social network company is bigger than an oil company? Would you would that no, ma- have made any sense? That wouldn't cross my mind, but the way that it grew and the companies that it acquired, like Instagram and WhatsApp as well, and right. they're controlling almost uh, all sorts of uh, communication platforms that people use on an everyday basis. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't mean no hatred here, but then they're, you know, they're, they're really doing so well overly well that their comp- their competitors are just standing no chance against them a hundred percent i was reading actually peter thiel's book it's called zero to one very good book mm-hmm. uh, really recommended and peter thiel he was one of the he was the first outside investor of facebook uh, when he first met uh, mark zuckerberg and uh, Sean Winklevoss, yeah. yeah, yeah, from the the founder of Napster. I forgot his name, Sean something. Um, but, anyways, in his book, he was talking mm-hmm. about the uh, patterns and the characteristics and traits of monopolies, and uh, why they stand the test of time and continue to you know uh, rise up above the competition and crush them. And you know, right. this book ticks off all of the marks of a successful, very successful monopoly, which is here to stay. And they're not really going anywhere anymore. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I, I would say that I, I think the entire intent behind the whole blockchain movement was that um, information, data, and uh, information security is more democratized and it reaches the greater people that's that was one of the intentions behind the whole blockchain movement and that the common person the common individual would have access to what goes on how government spends their money and uh, if they can uh, sort of have a more efficient version of the whole banking industry that was one of the reasons why blockchain was uh, was really uh, created and developed so that, that the whole yeah the banking the finance industry uh, it, it is pretty bureaucratic and we know that we know that we don't completely know about everything that goes on right that makes sense that makes sense and i guess blockchain technology would be a response to this uh, 
bureaucracy and to this centralization, yeah. right? To to break it down, yeah. to compose yeah. it. Yeah. To break it down. That makes break sense. It down. So that, that was one of the yeah no. No, go ahead, Raj. Go ahead. Yeah, that was that was one of the uh, intentions, and they, they you know another intention was we should have a more efficient technology that is more real time in the sense that if there are 50 100 parties in a in a transaction all of them should have the real time access to any developments in a transaction that they're part of so there shouldn't be any delay everyone should know everything at the same time mm. no one should have uh, a, an edge over the other something like that yeah you know, no, if, if it's no a, asymmetry yeah. no asymmetry of information right it should be quick, it should be fast, it should be real time, and it should be transparent. That was, these were the goals. Yeah, these so, were the yeah. founding principles. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So Raj, we're at about the 40, 45 minute mark. Uh, mm -hmm. I just want to you know, thank you for coming on. This was obviously a very uh, you know, fundamental preliminary chat. Yeah, uh, but yeah. as as we as we move forward and you know uh, dive into more detail, it will be great to you know have you on here, use your uh, experience and your insights and expertise to uh, dig deeper into uh, these topics. Absolutely, this is a this is a very big uh, it's, it's a very big example of uh, what one of the things that's going to really happen in the future going to become more mainstream. So it's always beneficial for all of us to talk more about it and discuss more possibilities. 100%, 100%. I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. Absolutely. It was a complete pleasure. I, uh, I, I heard some other episodes of your uh, podcast and uh, yeah, I really like it. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon, Raj. All right, man. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Have a nice have a nice rest of the Sunday. You too. <laughs> you too. Take care. All right. All right.